Welcome, welcome, welcome. Pro Football Doc Sports Injury Central podcast. Very special guest today. And uh, one more football guest before next week. We're going to bring you on uh, some March Madness and then NBA guests. But I really wanted to get in one of my favorite guys and guests Probably the only guy that we repeat all the time with. So, but he's so good with his all his stuff, Mr. Evan Silva, who everyone in the football world knows, and of course established the run. His venture has been wildly successful. And Evan, I hear about it all the time because, like, I will admit, I don't go personally on your site. I mean, it's just I just yeah. don't do stuff like that. It's okay, but. But I go on your site, Doc. No, <laughs> well, well, thank you. <laughs> but, but in any case, my guys, my researchers and content and analysts, they're like, well, uh, establish the run says Evan says da 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 all the time, and so we do utilize it as uh, as part of our stuff, as you know, since we customize each injury and each thing for each player. So uh, congrats on that success and welcome to the show again. Hey, thanks for having me back. I was hoping to meet up with you at the combine. I didn't make it myself though. I know you didn't make it either. Hopefully at some point we'll be able to, I know that you went to a million combines back in the day and all that. And you know, you, but you, you, you need to get out there. Uh, it, it's, it's a little different now. You, you need to get out there at some point. Look, look, yeah. I, I get it. And, and I actually, w- I actually planned on trying to go this year finally, because talking to you, you said you were going, I said, okay, I would go. And, and honestly, a couple of things happened. Number one, I ended up staying at the Super Bowl a lot longer than I expected to. I didn't plan on staying for the game, but mm-hmm. then the Chiefs were in it, and my mm-hmm. son wanted to go. What 10-year-old doesn't love Patrick Mahomes? Mm-hmm. So I stayed up the whole week, didn't get back till Monday, and then the combines snuck up quick. And look, I live in San Diego. It's different to Chicago to Indianapolis. I was like, flight chain right. so long cold and i just like ah, i just can't do it this year yeah. but i keep saying next year look i've been to 20 combines mm-hmm. if i did go it would be a totally different experience for mm-hmm. me because i wouldn't go behind the quote medical doors right. right before i was always just behind the medical doors it would be completely unfair i, I could probably finagle a credential to get back there medically but it wouldn't be right right because then i couldn't report on anything and 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 uh actually now that i do this their antennas are probably up i wouldn't be invited back behind the curtains uh <laughs> kind of deal i think it would be fun but you're right it's different i mean i'm so old evan when i first went uh, the only restaurant was saint elmo's i mean prime wasn't even close i mean there was nothing else it was saint elmo's and it was ike and jonesy's that was it yeah, as a matter of fact uh, i think ike and jonesy's is still there Oh, it's still there. Yeah, <laughs> I can yeah. Jonesy's, but I can Jonesy's was the only place in St. Elmo's. Yeah. And, and honestly, the, the big Hilton that had the Ditka's and some of the other mm-hmm. hotels didn't even exist. I mean, the, mm-hmm. the Hyatt Regency had just been built. It was the Omni uh, Severin mm-hmm. was the main hotel uh, and, and so forth. So a lot of changes in Indy, no question. And everyone says it's great networking and whatever. Mm-hmm. And I would have gone to see you, but I, just mm-hmm. too hard. So, so, uh, well, let's do it next year. I didn't make it cause I had a doctor's appointment. Well, I was going to go on Saturday, but I had a, like a sort of important doctor's appointment on Friday. Everything's fine. But I like hadn't been to the doctor in like a really long time, you know? So I was like kind of worried that, you know, when you don't go to the doctor for a really long time, yeah, yeah. You know, okay. um, you, you could. Well, well, you, but but I, mean, I, I had a doctor's appointment the day before, so I didn't, I didn't, I didn't go. 
telemedicine we could do a doctor's visit right now (laughs) (laughs) i'm doing good actually the the appointment went great i'm so glad that i finally did it because it would give me anxiety that i hadn't been in the doctor in like freaking eight years so Oh yeah, well, yeah. I'm I'm with you there. Yeah. So uh, here's the best part about having Evan Silva on the podcast is that, first of all, I still miss way back in the day when you and I and Warren would just chat mm-hmm. for I know quite a while on 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 Friday nights uh, randomly, and it was fun to learn from each other. I think you guys, etc. But my guys are great now. See, I I, I don't prep a lot for the podcast and stuff, especially for guests that I know. They've, they give me a rundown of topics that we can go to. Mm-hmm. They've given me the rundown of the last time you were on, and we could, for fun, go through that in terms of preseason, who we faded, we're right to fade, or who mm-hmm. we were high on and who was right. And that might be fun to go through. But you're so good at it. I, I, we can go with either of those topics. Uh, Jacob's done the rundown, or I'll let you fire away questions and we can go the other way, whatever you prefer. Yeah, I want to ask you a couple questions right off the bat. Number one, I'm a Cubs season ticket holder. And so <laughs> I care about the Cubs a little bit. My daughter, my daughter is just so into it. Like our I was favorite thing say, is- establish the run. I mean, establish the runs. Are you doing baseball now? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. We I mean, I don't even think we're gonna because it's 162 games. Like you need a big team. Mm-hmm. to cover baseball and it's just the ROI is just not there. Um, so we're, but we're, we're doing, you know, we obviously we do football, we do golf. We have a great golf product and we mm-hmm. also have an awesome um, basketball product. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't think we're going to do baseball. It's just so much work. Yeah. You know, no, we do baseball, but we don't do a day to day with pitching matchups. It's just okay, general right. injuries. And uh, we do golf. We, we do a lot on Tiger Woods. We do, yeah. we did some Bryson. Sure. We did some, whenever there's an injury. Yeah. That's uh, golf. Right, but let me related. ask you about this guy, all right? Say yeah, a please. Suzuki. Okay. Do you, 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 you know about baseball? I don't even know if you know about it. I, I, I can't remember you tweeting anything about baseball. Well, look, I actually, I mean, every, obviously, because of the name Pro Football Doc. Okay. Uh-huh. You'll be right. shocked to know this. I actually, quote, covered the Cubs as a junior physician. There were at least one or two games where I was the team physician at Wrigley, kind of. There were senior people above me. Uh, I've worked with the Minnesota Twins and covered their spring training, once again, as a more junior physician. I say football, 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 because I spent almost Mm -hmm. two decades as the head team physician. And that just, so my football experience is greater. But I think my baseball and even NBA with the Bulls and with the Minnesota Timberwolves experience and coverage is probably greater than anyone else who's a talking head out there medically. Mm-hmm. But I don't push that narrative because, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, uh, that I feel like my experience there is better than most, but it's not as extensive as in football. So okay. I do know something about baseball and basketball, but in terms okay. of current players and their exact nuances, right. like, like the guys in the room here right now make fun of me. There's one guy in the room that needs to see a player's face to know who they are. And he knows everybody. Okay. Okay. I don't know players' faces. Neither do I. (laughs) But I will literally see a guy moving and say, that's Mm so-and-so. Not looking. Some guys look at numbers. The numbers drove me crazy Mm -hmm. this year, right? Because I didn't memorize all the numbers. But just the way that he moves or his size or his fluidity, that's Mm -hmm. why I go, oh, that's so-and-so, you know, uh, kind of. That's how I recognize players. I don't have have that ability in football. I don't have that ability in baseball. Mm -hmm. But happy to answer your question. And I love the Cubs. I spent a lot of time in Chicago. I'll get to my favorite Cubs story later. But go ahead. Hey, nice. Um, All right. Say Suzuki. I'm just going to give you all the information that I know about it. Say Suzuki – 
um, kind of showed up to spring training. He was scratched for the first game. Um, and everybody was like, what? And then it was announced that he had a strained oblique. Um, they're calling it a moderate, moderately strained oblique, six to eight weeks recovery time. They've pretty much already ruled him out for opening day. Um, I don't know. Oblique is your butt. No, oblique that's your glute. Is your torso. It's like okay. your thorax. It's sort of side muscles along okay. the abdomen for twisting. And okay. important for hitters. It's, for the his, it's his left oblique, and he's Le a right-handed hitter and thrower. Right. And okay. so it's important for hitting because of the twisting. Okay. It's important for throwing in pitchers because of the twisting. Le oh, let and me add in a little bit of context. I have no idea if it matters, obviously. That's why I'm asking you. Seiya Suzuki, his first year, he was – well, he was. Um, they they got him from uh, Japan, mm -hmm. and um, last year he was he was a rookie, and um, he bulked up like big time in the off season. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. it's noticeable mm -hmm. how much bigger he is. I don't know if that you know. I, I just wanted to add that little bit of context. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'll be. I'll admit, I don't know the player intimately in terms mm -hmm. of his style and what kind of player he is. But oblique is a big deal for. Uh, in baseball for hitting and throwing, uh, almost a bigger deal for a pitcher, mm -hmm. right? And uh, six to eight, I actually think that's realistic. Um, if it were a pitcher, I'd say that's optimistic. Remember Max Scherzer had the oblique last year and he missed multiple multiple games with that. Yeah, and that's what we were saying. Right. So, so I think it's realistic that he could play you know, in six, eight weeks. And and he might be closer to six than eight, okay. uh, depending on severity. Yeah. But it is important for... Is, is that something that's easily aggravated? Like, how do you treat it? Rest or... Rest in, in standard rehab. Um, you know, but in baseball, look, for football, you could even inject it and play. But you're not going to do that for baseball right. with 162 games. And obviously, as you know, in baseball, you play the long game, not the uh -huh. short game. But one of the things that, you know, usually what we do when we opine on baseball, we the, the, the guys in the room, they do a checklist and tell me what kind of player he is. I mean, like when Patrick Mahomes has his high ankle sprain against mm -hmm. Jacksonville, we're saying he's going to play fine mm. against the Bengals because he's an off-platform player. And the way he changes arm angles, he doesn't need to stick the back foot into the ground and throw. Well, that's We don't need a checklist for that. We know, or I know, just from watching football. And that's the difference for us in baseball and other other sports. Uh, but Wrigley is... Wrigley's awesome. I used to, you, you realize I went to, to school there. I went to medical school there at Northwestern. And uh, I, used oh, to have awesome. I used to have friends come into town and you want to go to a Cubs game. So here's my Cubs uh, story. Cool. So people wanted to, you know, sit in the bleachers, right? I mean, that's the place all the, all the cool kids and the young kids would want to go. And mm -hmm. I probably didn't have access to better seats sometimes unless, unless I was lucky enough when I was a senior resident. Okay. Sometimes I was the official team physician and I got better seats and whatever. But every time this, this is the thing I did with friends without fail. We'd go, we go to a game in the bleachers and they'd be having a rip roaring time. Right. And uh, the whole deal. And, and and by the way, one of my most prized pictures, but I have to relocate it, is when we were senior residents, we went to Wrigley Field because we had access because of the thing. And we were going to take a picture at Wrigley Field, and Harry Carey came by, and he took a picture with all of us. i got to get a, a oh, copy awesome. of that, of that so uh, awesome. picture. 
But anyways, back to the story. This hand, handful of people or more that would come, I'd take them to the bleachers and be sitting there. And somewhere around the third or fourth inning, I'd say, okay, I got a quiz question for you. I'm like, okay. And we'll bet the next beverage or we'll bet whatever it is. Head down. Okay. Who's, what's the, what's the score of the game? Nobody. Nobody knew. <laughs> <laughs> what inning are we in? That was more got it wrong than right. Yeah. And the easiest one in the world that at best was 50 50. I'm telling you, at best, it was probably under 50 50. My final question was who's playing today? And they'd say the club, the Cubs. I'm no, no, no. Who are the Cubs playing today? It would be like in the fourth or fifth inning and they would know it was all about the fun and the atmosphere, right. et cetera. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Wrigley's a great place. That's all I yeah. can say. Yeah. Awesome. Um, that's great. Yeah. Harry Carey, like famously would like go out like until like three in the morning um, like downtown and, you know, obviously all those guys has like a, would have like a crowd around them. And I mean, that dude partied like hardcore famously. Also, he, um, he couldn't remember a lot of the, a lot of his announcing. Cause I mean, they, the announcers would like drink beers in the, <laughs> you, you know, they would drink beers while they were announcing back then. And so by the seventh or eighth inning, he said he forgot so many seventh and eighth and, and ninth, ninth innings. But well, all right, I'll let you. I'll, I'll, yeah. Since you're going going there, I'm gonna yeah. go to the next level. Obviously, okay. we were clowning around as senior residents. Yeah, and and we weren't just taking a picture uh, on the field. We were taking a picture, and we sort of borrowed, and we were pretending to be beer vendors. And uh, and uh, <laughs> and Harry Carey came in the the picture with us. <laughs> that's the full picture. Well, that's why he went in the picture. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he was checking if we had any beer. Yeah, I yeah, mean. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So on, on to serious matters. Um, Kyler Murray, ACL meniscus. Um, it happened. When, when did it happen? In uh, weeks? What, what week Monday night football, early December. And the yeah. reason why I remember that is it was the only game all year that I was actually on a plane flight, mm-hmm. and the internet on the plane didn't really work, mm-hmm. and uh, and so that was uh, unfortunate. And uh, pretty clear by video as soon as I got later in the plane flight, got internet to work. That was an ACL week fourteen, and maybe more. And uh, look, that's going to be an ordeal. It's interesting. A lot of people in Arizona uh, asked me about that during Radio Row locals. And I asked locals, like, what does this mean to that Kyler Murray picture where there was a dog or dog's paw or an animal's paw in the picture and whatever? Mm-hmm. And I was, it was interesting. The Arizona beat reporters would just shrug and say, that's Kyler. I'm like, well, what does that mean? Because <laughs> That's Kyler. I'm like, okay. I mean, it was it was interesting. Here's the thing. From a medical perspective, can Kyler Re- Murray be ready and play from the pocket week one? Yes, a meniscus, meniscus repair extends the recovery timeline. The answer is yes. Well-known Philip Rivers did it, but different type of quarterback, right? And Philip had a pretty quick recovery, but Philip was pretty tough also. And not to mention the surgeon, just kidding on that part, but (laughs) but, uh, I'm just having fun there. Different type of player. Kyler Murray, if he is essentially pocket bound, would he play? Uh, Maybe not, right? You you wouldn't maybe want him to play. Same argument with Lamar. You watch the scroll on NFL Network, like they're saying he's not going to be ready for week one. Well, 
I'll, I'll tell you this, uh, Evan. Kyler Murray, it would be a surprise to me if he got back to 100% at any point this year mm -hmm. because it was a December injury mm -hmm. at any point this year that he was 100%. Now, I'm not saying that he won't play. I'm not saying he won't have some good games, but 100% Kyler Murray and effective on his knee I don't know that he gets there this season at all. Then, of course, new coaches, new scheme, new this, no ramp-up time, no no install, install time and working with new coaches. This is not going to be the best season, I don't believe, for Kyler. And the other thing is now, now that he got his gig, and I'm not calling him soft, does he really have to push it? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. There's no pressure to. I mean, maybe it's... You mean now that he got the, the big deal last offseason? Yeah, and 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 I'm not bagging on on him. I don't know Kyler Murray at all, but I'm just saying, okay. Look, with Russell Wilson didn't have a great first year in Denver, mm -hmm. right? I mean, it, it's hard when you're with a new regime, mm -hmm. right? It's not that easy. And this is we'll go to it. I don't mean to 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 go sideways, but first of all, Kyler Murray, what percent of Kyler's value is with his feet versus with his arm? So much. <laughs> I mean, right? So, so much. <laughs> a lot. And and that's why I go, mm. I, I mean, I would definitely fade Kyler Murray. You know, you know and I, this has nothing to do with his injury, but I, I sometimes get the feeling from his body language, the kind of the way that he carries himself. Like, I don't think he loves playing football. And and and, and that can maybe be backed up by the, all the video game stuff. And I don't know. I, I always get the feeling that he's going to go play baseball at some point you know? Uh, I, you know i don't know the kid but if right. i'm making those assumptions i'd say he might sail off into the sunset with a with bags yeah. full of money and yeah, not right. worry about it right, right. But, yeah but uh and baseball ain't that easy to play either right no. i mean if you're not into it but I, I don't know i don't i don't try and impugn that on a guy when when a no. guy look i was there standing next to lt in that famous afc championship game and every, i didn't know it at the time but boy, when when the game was over and I was on the team bus, my phone had blown up. What the hell was up with LT? Mm. I mean, he's sitting there all. Oh, I remember open, that. Right, yeah. that was the AFC Championship game, the one that Philip yeah. Rivers played six days after an East Cope on the mm -hmm. torn ACL. Mm -hmm. He got a lot of grief on that. Mm -hmm. So I get his body language did not look good, but. I can tell you it was because he was so dejected because he was disappointed that he couldn't help the team. Mm -hmm. He wasn't detached from the team. Mm -hmm. He, you know, maybe he would be better off being the rah rah guy, but he was just so disappointed and he cared so much about wanting to get to the Super Bowl. And so I never held that against LT, but I know LT and I was standing next to him. So when I see Kyler Murray looking like he's pouting, mm -hmm. I don't necessarily impugn that he mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. When he looks like he doesn't like football, I get that interpretation. But I'll give you another one. If you look at my Twitter profile page, the header page is Philip Rivers and I walking off in the final game in the RCA Dome. And let me tell you, if you go back in history, that was the game that Philip Rivers got a lot of crap as he walked off and he was jawing at fans. Mm. And the national narrative right mm -hmm. after the game is he's a bad guy mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. he was jawing at fans. Let me tell you, fans were yelling expletives and what have you. As we all know, Philip Rivers does not swear. 
he looked at it and he was very forceful. And I who's standing next to him, I tell you what he said. He said, don't you worry, I'll be back. Don't you worry, I'll be back. And he said it with like anger in his eyes and emotion Mm. that people thought he was cussing people Mm. out. Mm. And so I'm going to take Kyler Murray's side on this and not jump to the conclusion of what his emotions and feelings are and whether he likes football by his looks. I just gave you two examples where, where I think you can be fooled. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe that is the case. Well, he also could be frustrated with Cliff Kingsbury's shitty scheme too. Sure, <laughs> sure, 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 sure. So I, <laughs> yeah. I, from that perspective, I try and not judge reactions. You know, as we've talked about, and I've talked about a bunch, when a guy throws his helmet, I don't impugn that his season is over. Uh, he could be pissed that he tweaked his hamstring, even though it's minor, as opposed to a grade three, you know? It, so I don't, I don't, I judge the injury in the video. I don't judge the reaction. So I try not to judge reaction in general because sometimes it gets misinterpreted. What it looks like may not be what it is, uh, and et cetera. So, but with Kyler Murray, I mean, I, I'm going hard. I, I think it's going to be very hard for him to be anywhere near himself this year, not only because of the injury, the meniscus repair and the timeline and the late season and because so much of his value is on mobility, uh, et cetera, but also new scheme. So, uh, you know, and okay, so we look downstream. What does that mean for receivers and this and that and Arizona? And, and you know, there's a lot of work to do for, for the new coach, uh, et cetera. But yeah, that's that. But at the same token, Let's launch a little bit into Brock Purdy, who finally this week will have his surgery. One of the our big mantras down in Arizona, Radio Row, was the, quarter, the quarterback conundrum for the 49ers. Jimmy G was healthy, ready to go, but they don't want him. Trey Lance is the next healthiest. Hopefully in the next month or more, we'll get healthy. No guarantee but he's still green and got to get into the system. Brock Purdy, they feel comfortable with and they want him. But how can you get a timeline on recovery Mm -hmm. before you've had the surgery? How can you get a timeline on recovery before you even met with the doctor? And that was the case down in when we were in Arizona for the Super Bowl. He hadn't met with the doctor yet. And then now... You have this delay because of inflammation, motion. Is it impossible that he could be ready week one? No, I think it's possible. Is it guaranteed? No. And that's what I was saying back in in February down in Arizona. And the 49ers have quite the conundrum here. This last season, you can argue, they're a team ready to win the Super Bowl. John Lynch is great. San Diego, I stand behind him. And I'm not telling him anything he doesn't know. I haven't talked to him about this, but he knows more than I do. The quarterback position let him down last year. Can you mess around with it again this year on a maybe or expectation? I mean, look, here's what's going to happen. And Justin, you can clip this. Here's what's going to happen. After Brock Purdy surgery on Friday, it will get declared a success. Mm -hmm. That's like declaring your team's draft a success the minute the draft is over. Mm -hmm. You can't judge it that way. You got to judge it longitudinally. You Mm got to judge it when he's back and throwing. And can you pin the hopes of an entire franchise for the season on the recovery of one injury? I think they're going to have to go with a contingency plan. Mm -hmm. And just 
for insurance. I'm not suggesting Tom Brady's coming out of retirement. I'm not Mm. suggesting Aaron Rodgers is going to San Francisco. Who knows? But, you know, you got to think, you know, if I'm going to speculate at all, I mean, maybe Matt Ryan's on the table, reunite reunite with Kyle Shanahan because Mm -hmm. once Indy releases him. But they can't sit pat. There's no way they can sit pat on Trey Lance and uh, Brock Purdy, both with injury issues, both young. And the other thing you have to think about, Evan, I think is – Let's just say Brock Purdy makes it for week one. How good is Brock Purdy going to be without an offseason? I mean, he's not Tom Brady. I mean, just add water and go, you know? I mean, you, you probably wanted to develop him further this offseason and get into the hang of things and 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 make the offense a little around him a little more complex, et cetera. Mm-hmm. You don't have those opportunities anymore, even in the best case scenario if he's ready to go week one. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting situation for San Francisco. Um, let me hit you with one more. Mm-hmm. So this year's free agent wide receiver class in particular is just is, is garbage. Okay. I mean, the, <laughs> the number one receiver probably, well, I think in terms of like projected contract contractual value would be Jacoby Myers. You know, I mean, you know, decent slot receiver, but, you know, went undrafted, allergic to the end zone, you know, I mean, he's he's like a role player, a good role player, but he might be the the highest paid free agent wide receiver this year. Clearly the most talented free agent wide receiver pending releases is Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham's still only 30 years old. Um, You know, it seemed like, well, I don't know, some reporters seem to be making it seemed like he was going to come back late last season. That never happened. Never even seemed like he was very close, actually. Is he going to come back? Is he going to um, – can he still be good? You know, can he be, you know, Odell Beckham uh, close to his prime? Or I don't know, what are your thoughts on Odell Beckham at this point? Well, full disclosure, Odell Beckham has kind of kind of become my casual Twitter friend, and uh, we <laughs> DM here and there. I don't oh, break nice. any I don't break any news on him. I respect him. Yeah. I actually uh, said something about his rehab and recovery. He objected. Oh. And we sort of talked it out on Twitter, and he nice. agreed with me. You know, and he's actually agreed to come on the podcast. We'll get him on sometime uh, this off season. But I don't try and break news and say, hey, when are you coming back and what's your thing? Mm-hmm. Look, I think it was a stretch for him to come back and be 100% uh, late this season. And teams, when they brought him in, looked at it and said, remember, it was a Super Bowl injury. So his timeline, you talk about Kyler Murray being late season. There's no later season than tearing your ACL in the Super Bowl. But I do have, look, I have more fear. Hope Odell Beckham hopefully is not listening. I have more fear of the drop-off for a 30-plus-year-old wide receiver a year out of the NFL than I do for health of his knee. Now, I do respect his work ethic. I do respect him. I think he could be, if you're asking me right now, and I'm a novice at fantasy drafts, okay, but if you're telling me right now, whatever round it is, the two receivers that are on the board are Jacoby Meyer and Odell Beckham, I'd have to take Odell Beckham. Now, maybe I'm jaded, okay, uh, in terms of knowing, but his upside would be a lot more. So I would take Odell Beckham, uh, sight unseen right now, not knowing what team he's going to, and same with Jacoby Meyer. Yeah, so um, 
But that's just sort of timeline of recovery and, and so forth. We can go through some of these things real quickly here. Jacob's done all this work. He'll want me. Uh, Javante Williams. Look, I don't know why this is a mystery that he's going to be longer, this whole stuff that's come out. Maybe there's more to the injury. It could be week one. It could be week 12. It could be not. It could be halfway. It could be this, that, the other. We said through Sports Injury Central when it happened in Denver, I still remember he was going to uh, from the right to the left on the TV screen. That was an ACL and LCL at least. Now, there's some rumors of PCL too, but ACL, LCL at least. So you're in J.K. Dobbins' territory, and we all know how he did this year. I actually think he did fantastically well in the end, but if you look at a season, that was one of our easiest under future props that we had last year. And that's be- not because he didn't do well and not because he's not a great player, because it was a multi-ligament injury. Well, that's what Javante Williams has. So I would not put a lot of value on Javante Williams this coming season. Uh, Bryce Hall, Brees Hall, ACL, Week 7, that seems more like an isolated ACL. But we all know, look at Saquon Barkley. How was his first year back from an ACL? You're, uh, Adrian Peterson's the outlier. He's not the norm. Kyler Murray, we talked about. Wandale Robinson, you know, uh, ACL week 11. You know, Robert Woods, ACL week 10 last year. How did Robert Woods do? Not the same guy, not the same receiver. He's a, he's a free agent now, too, and he's interesting because he's a second year off an ACL, So, and he was on a new team last Ro- year. Robert so. Woods is. Yeah, Robert, Robert Woods is. He's a little old, yes, though, now. You know, he's 31 he now. Yeah. 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 And there, there's the over 30 magic number, yes. right? Yes, exactly. Uh, Kind of oh, and, and you buy it. I mean, you that's something that you don't think is totally just a made up narrative. Like you kind of buy into that. I think it's like anything. Yeah. I, I hate when people say high ankle, that's four weeks. And no, it depends on the no, type of player not. and the position, right? And then say over 30. That's our most despised injury is the high ankle sprain because it can just ruin your season. Oh, it hurts fantasy the most, I think. It's ACL is like whatever you can replace yeah. it. You know, high ankle, you you don't know it's four. Well, at least with ACL, like yeah. you, you you know the guy's gonna be out. Yep. High exactly. ankle spring, like, oh, is he gonna come back? Oh, oh, he's not back this week. Oh, oh, he's back, but oh he's he's terrible. He's terrible, exactly. Yep. Well, <laughs> yep. I mean, Evan, I guess that's why you need six scores and the projections for <laughs> injury week to week. And that's why we were so high on Patrick Mahomes, even though we said he's hurt, he's gonna be able to play around it just because of the type of guy that he is. But we also in the first week, we're saying hammer the under rushing yards, you know, and uh, of course, come the Super Bowl, we said take the over rushing yards, uh, et cetera. But and that's just based on injury stuff, uh, customization. Tony Pollard, look, his fractured fibula gives him a better chance to come back to the Cowboys. Because he's probably not going to get his big free agency deal. Was he officially franchised yet? Yes, he's, he's, oh, he's franchised. Yeah, he was well, franchised. then he's back yeah, to the yeah. Cowboys. Okay, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Thank you. Um, uh, Rashad Penny, uh, fractured fibula. Like He's had some bad injury luck. I'm sitting in a room yeah. with Sandy He's a free agent, too. He's a free agent, yep, exactly. I think he's an interesting free agent because he's just had such bad injury luck, and he's still pretty young. And um, and I mean, he's like he, he's a baller. He. When, when, when he's healthy, like he, he can run it as well as anyone. I'd take a flyer on him. It depends on when, not in the top rounds, but I'd take a right. flyer on him depending on, on what he had. Absolutely. Uh, Odell Beckham we covered, Brock Purdy, Trey Lance we sort of covered. Another one you guys talked about last time that's still relevant is Michael Thomas. 
<laughs> yeah. Geez. Well, Michael Thomas, I mean, I'm not going to – I know I think I made some, quote, headlines when I said Michael Thomas is more likely to be the third – receiver on That's his right team i remember you saying that yeah then then a top three receiver in the nfl right and yeah he had more additional injuries you know he made a pretty good comeback early and then fell off and you know in the end it was Alave and landry had his issues but you know yeah i mean uh michael thomas uh will have to regather on him but at this point in time he's what three years removed yep, from a yep. full season, right? from a full yeah, season yeah. now by the way he's expected to be released like any minute um and he's going to be a free agent yeah I, I, you know if if i were grading and maybe you know if you're saying if the some of the receivers that we just talked about i would probably say and a lot of this is injury analysis heavy. Odell Beckham ahead of certainly Wandale Robinson and certainly um, who's the other guy we talked about? Uh, Jacoby Meyer. Jacoby Meyer. And certainly Odell ahead of Michael Thomas. But Michael Thomas, where Michael Thomas ends up going, I think he has a chance of being healthy. It's more scheme and fit and how they're going to use him before he really settles he's in. He's no longer a number one. He needs to go somewhere he dominates mm-hmm. in the red zone. Well, and also, more, right? and, and, and a lot of his success was like Sean Payton, like lining him up on the, and he would motion into the slot and he's like a big mismatch in the slot. And he was, he was really quick, mm-hmm. you know, before he messed up his legs and his ankles and all that. I mean, that, so that would saying- be a big concern for me because he's like an agility route running type receiver. I mean, I don't know. You know, I'm trying to apply your injury takes. Yeah, I know. And and so so I think injury-wise, I think he's going to be okay. I'd be more worried about not playing football for basically three years and being Mm -hmm. over 30. Uh, And, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe, uh, uh, you know, he's going to end up in Denver. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, uh, things have a funny way of working out. So those are some of our big things. Uh, For the draft, the combines, you know, I'm glad that there aren't really medical leaks at the combines anymore. I'm glad there aren't wonder leaks. I just don't think it's that fair to players. Uh, but we still do our analysis. I mean, uh, uh, Hendon Hooker, I mean, that's going to impact him. You know, he's not going to be ready to go. And a rookie quarterback, that's going infect, to affect his draft stock. Uh, Dalton Kincaid, I think, will be fine with his back fracture, believe it or not. Um, Jackson Smith and Jibba really depends on, you know, his flexibility in the exam, but hopefully it's his hamstring isn't a recurring issue. And the other kid with the knee dislocation, um, uh, Dante Demas. Yeah. That's not, that's not, doesn't bode well. That wasn't a pretty injury. (laughs) I mean, I mean, I don't know that that kid's draftable at this point in time, unfortunately. Um, all right, let's, I'm going through Jacob's list here. Hopefully we'll do well here. Let's see. You were on August 8th. He's got some notes here. Uh, we talked about Matthew Stafford and his elbow. I remember saying Matthew Stafford's elbow. I'm not worried about it. And did you move up Justin Jefferson ahead of Cooper Cup because of the time missed from Stafford? You were talking about it on the podcast. No, I think I had Cooper Cup ahead of him. I don't know. I had him right next to each other, and I juggled him back and forth a few times. I can't remember where I finished. Yeah, gotcha. So yeah. I think we were t- you were talking about you might be moving him up over Cup as a result of 
what we're saying about his elbow, not because his elbow wasn't going to be fine, but because of the missed time. Mm-hmm. And uh, look, I still don't know. I mean, my thought, given what we know publicly about Matthew Stafford's neck injury, is that he's safe for having a neck fusion surgery and then being fine. Apparently, he's not having the surgery, but still returning. So we'll follow that. The other one we talked about last year was J.K. Dobbins in the left knee. Yeah, we know that, you know, uh, kudos to him. He had he overachieved. He had a second scope. He overachieved. Uh, and look, if it were a 24-game uh, season, he might have hit his – Broke he was, prop, yeah. <laughs> he, by December, yeah. he was – higher yards per game than than uh, that would have hit the prop but he finished uh, with 520 so like you said yeah he just needed and, and i think games. 400 of them came in december yeah, right yeah. i mean i think his his season prop was what eight something and like half of them came, came yeah. on like two or three long runs like he was yes. breaking long runs yeah. you remember yeah i remember he was breaking long runs that should have been touchdowns yes mm-hmm. right? he looked but, good running when he was doing it yeah, but yeah. yeah but my hat's off to him a lot of lot of heart in that guy so that was an easy one Chris Godwin, we sort of panned him coming off the ACL. Uh, yeah, he, he um, turned it on late too, didn't he, he? He wound up catching a lot of balls, but he was not as effective. I mean, yeah, and yeah. you know, we had our we expected our preseason six score on him was sixty two, expecting sixty two percent of his typical Chris Godwin output. Maybe he exceeded that by a little bit. Just the but, catches, yeah, but he wasn't at ninety. I mean. Uh, yeah. No, nope. uh, Saquon Barkley, we were high on preseason six score ninety three. Right. Obviously, he hit his overs. Yeah, I, I, yeah. After we did our show, I moved him up, so that well, yeah, that's you, good. You, you helped there, yeah. And Derrick Henry, we didn't have any worry about the foot thing. And Derrick Henry, for the most part, was Derrick Henry. Michael Thomas, we talked about Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, you know, in the end, we were probably wrong because we said his six score was ninety three because we weren't worried about his PCL. But obviously, it ended up being a share, and his production dropped. Mm-hmm. Now, was it really the knee? Was it really this, that, the other? I don't know. But we probably went a little too high on him in terms of his six-score projection. Uh, Michael Gallup, we said 57. and eh, That probably was not inaccurate, 57% yeah. of the healthy. He had, like he had kind of a rough year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that probably was accurate. Uh, James, Jameson Williams recovery. We were saying that he's not going to do anything coming off his ACL from college. And, and I don't know that he played much, right? Maybe got a game. He had a couple something. big plays, but that's it. He didn't play enough. Yeah. He didn't. I think yeah. he, I don't think he ever played more than like 12 snaps in a yep. game. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, that's, so we didn't do too badly, Evan. Very good. Yeah. yeah we'll, we'll, do- we'll have to do it again in the heart of fantasy season for sure. Great. What else do you want to talk about here? I mean, I love how we just have a conversation and everyone else can live in. What do you, where else do you want to go or or we can wrap it up? Uh, yeah, I, I, I have to jump on another call, actually, uh, with, the, right. with the football guys, with uh, uh, Sigmund Bloom and, and some of those guys. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, anything you want to plug? Everyone knows Established to Run, but anything no, else? No, I'm coming out with a free agent tracker. It should be published on our website today. If you just want to, it's just a full, it's just a list of all the free agents sorted by position and sorted in order of how much I think that they're going to get paid like the, you know, so that's how I do the rankings. Um, and then I'll, I'll come up with a top 100 free agent uh, list later this week. Got it. Got it. All right. The great Elvin Silva, uh, one of our favorite and really only repeat, repeat guests that we keep having on all the time. Uh, we'll take a quick break and finish off the second half of the pro football doc sports injury central podcast. 
All right, we're back. Let's finish off the rest of the Sports Injury Central Pro Football Doc podcast. Uh, the jacket's off. No more sport coat because Evan's so no. It's just warm in here. <laughs> I came from another meeting. He had the so hot takes. Yeah, <laughs> I had another meeting. So I yeah, no no red shirt today. Took the sport coat off. Um, lots lots to talk about yeah. in the world, and uh, Evan's a great guest. And uh, I'm actually impressed. We did pretty well on some of our preseason stuff. Maybe we'll chat with him again for football this season. He's a great guest and then a great supporter of ours. Love him. And then uh, when do you want to go? Basketball, college basketball, baseball, other things. Uh, you I know we got a good beast of the week. You mentioned with. something uh, with our old guest, uh, Dean Blandino, something about a rule change. You know, okay. Rule change. Dean Blandino, there's a lot of talk about getting rid of that rugby type play. Um, I'm not going to say who. I actually got a call this week from uh, everyone would know his name, not going to betray any confidences. And he said, look, uh, I'm calling you because of your experience with rugby. And what's the injury potential on this rugby type play? And I started with, look, you know, Patrick Mahomes never sneaks the ball because he dislocated his kneecap, but I don't think it's just because of that sneak play, and it wasn't a rugby scrum push play. And uh, I said the injury risk is higher for falling on the backs of people's legs, although it hasn't really happened yet. You know, if you keep your legs moving, less chance of being injured and anchoring down. He agreed, the whole deal. He goes, what about the risk of neck injury? And I initially said, he says, when he talks to rugby guys, the scrum, they worry about the neck in the whole deal. And I said, there's no question in rugby, they're very careful. The referee's right there, worried about neck injuries. There have been catastrophic neck injuries from this. But this is not a true rugby play. It's not done that way. They don't link arms like they do in rugby and kind of deal and, and dive down. He, But then in thinking about it, I changed my mind. I do think this play is dangerous. It's already dangerous falling on the backs of legs. Right. I'm not talking about the aesthetics of the game. And right. Look, it's a, it's a, but what this other person was saying is, if the offense is, if every offense is going to do it, every action has a reaction. So what's the defense going to do? The defense is now going to push. Yep. And the defense is now going to do do it. And he goes, he goes. Let me tell you, Doc. It's going to be low man wins. And when he said the defense's reaction to it, and so forth. It changed my mind a little bit on this maybe being a dangerous play for the neck. I'm not saying if you don't outlaw it, someone's going to be paralyzed. But I'm saying the risk is there. If now you're having both sides, okay, they're not linked, low man wins and both sides pushing from behind, you're doubling the fall on, on the backs of legs risk right. and high ankles and this, that, the other, but also increasing the risk of neck injury. And it was an interesting conversation and obviously I'm keeping it off the record in terms of names, mm. but if the NFL really goes to this level of analysis, I agree with Dean. It's going to be outlawed. Yeah. Um, 
you know, in some ways you'd say keep it because it's an offensive game and you want to see fourth downs and whatever. But the point that I learned was they'll find a way to stop it, but it may not be the safest way. Yeah, that's yeah. The, that's that's what they worry about, the reaction. That's interesting, yeah. The reaction yeah, to yeah, it. So yeah. that's why I wanted to bring up that Dean Blandino podcast. But uh, I think the rule's going going to change. Yeah, no, it kind of takes away the, the integrity of the fourth down and just short yardage situations and stuff. If if both teams are just pushing against each other, if it's just a well, you know, seven on seven, basically. I, I, I think it'd be sexier to say that you know, I don't know. I mean, you should get Dean Blandino's the rules. Going to change? Is it going to be just that you can't push, right? Or is it easier to say you can't line up in that tight of a formation? You know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you a know, formation penalty or something. Uh, you yeah. know, uh, kind of deal. I, I don't. I don't know, but I do know when when the Chiefs lined up feigning that formation, they were never going to push Patrick right, Mahomes. Right, right. <laughs> they were just going to run outside once they got him caught up inside. Yeah, uh, kind of kind of thing. Uh, the other one I want to get your take on is the uh, the recent and report card from the NFLPA uh, polling people about a whole bunch of stuff: locker room conditions and coaching staff, training staff, stuff like that. Even I had questions: Does training staff include the medical staff? The head athletic trainer, all that stuff. Okay. My reaction to it in some ways and as a fan, I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's great to see this stuff. And, you know, some of the interesting things is, you know, as a fan, I found it interesting that the Patriots are the only team in the NFL that have their own dedicated plane, yet their travel arrangements were down according to that survey. Yeah. Not sure how or why that know. is. Yeah, that's confusing. <laughs> right? I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're in the general public, like, oh, Patriots are the only one with their own logo plane. And yeah. I know Kraft rents it out for yeah. other purposes. Yeah. But apparently they don't like that plane uh, based on this survey, mm-hmm. if you believe the survey. I think it's great. It's great fodder, uh, et cetera. I don't know how scientific it is. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Look, um, I was even reading there's some things that they if you get a bunch of a certain amount of like Fs, it's just going to be an F. Like, you know what I mean? They don't, they cherry picked a certain amount of grades. I don't I know. Mean, if and they cherry picked process. out the comments. Right. I, mean, I, yes, think, yeah. I think the NFLPA will forever do this survey. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's, they're getting what they want out of it. I yeah. Think. yeah <laughs> they're, they're able to, yeah. you know, thumb their nose or mm-hmm. one of their fingers at some ownership and some teams. <laughs> they and, can't do it directly, uh, but they do it through this list. It, yeah. yeah. And, and and the comments are anonymous, and it seems like if there's one or two comments and then you're done. I mean, look, do you ever want to have well, – my wife doesn't listen to this podcast, so it's okay. Do you ever want to have rats or in the locker room? What about emotional support rats? <laughs> <laughs> the answer clearly is no, okay? Now, if you're telling me that Jacksonville knew about the rats – did nothing about it for That's three different. or four weeks. That's, That's different. different. That's different. Yeah. Yes. I don't know about you guys. We had a mouse, turned out more than one, in the pantry at the house. We tried to get rid of them. And we called in an exterminator. We got rid of food. I mean, that was a three, four-week process yeah. before we finally, all the traps yet. were negative, 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 right. uh, you know, uh, kind of thing. I mean, 
I live in a clean home. No, just kidding. No, I live in a home <laughs> with little say, kids. I, we got, I, was, I was like, I've been there. I didn't put uh, any No, no. There's, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, there, there's food dropped on the floor everywhere from the <laughs> kids, okay? <laughs> I mean, we kid try anywhere. and clean it up, yeah. but they got little kids, okay? I yeah, thought I mean, that was a dog shot. Sure. What's he doing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the dog. The dog gets fed enough that yeah. he does. He, yeah. She <laughs> doesn't. Oh, anyways, right. I'm just saying, so it's, it's, it seemed like Yelp. Yeah. If you had a good meal, you don't really say you had a good meal at that restaurant. But if the waitress was rude to you, you hammer. You go crazy. I, mean, yep. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, look, some of it was fun. It was interesting. You know, I remember talking on the phone, a key comment. You're like, the, I think the Chiefs, they had like an F in one of their athletic uh, training, whatever. No one's not going to go there due to that score because they're trying to win a title. But from a media standpoint for the team, it's annoying, right? To have to have to deal with that. Oh, we have an F in this. Well, we have well, to deal, I, you know? I found it interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, but from I, a player, I, you're not going to not go to the team. Look, right? Right. From the <laughs> yeah. NFLPA perspective, I get it's not a good look if players don't feel comfortable reporting their injuries. Yep. I don't know if it's true or true or not. But the Chiefs had an athletic trainer kind of got panned there. But don't you remember the Chiefs? You know, winning a Super Bowl because of what they did with Patrick Mahomes and their campaign for their <laughs> training they were, staff. They were the, they were the healthiest team at six four yeah. all year long. I can yep. <laughs> understand that they don't get an A, right? Because maybe top to bottom, there was the 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 fifty second and fifty third player weren't as happy as the first and second player. Right. I can understand they don't get an A because of that, but to get an F, I mean, that it's it's almost like. It's being done for a Yelpish media That's what I'm response. They're picking, the, yeah. They, they probably got three S, and they're like, "All right, it's an F." You know what I mean? It's just someone the, else <laughs> showed me something. that was talking about it. I don't know if I'll show it on here or whatever. But basically, he said, "Hey, um, and if you really look at it, and apparently it's been taken down since mm. the NFL website, the NFL PA website, it says on there that data last source between three one two thousand twenty two and." Four one two thousand twenty two. I don't know what that means. Mm. They didn't have a survey last year. I don't know if the website is wrong and mm. this data source thing. It's just like it's easy to say the poll said this, but unless you have the questions and the full responses right. and the full range of yes, responses, that's what it's, yes, it's great. I think it's great for attention and it's media, too whatever. Simple to just give it a letter. But I, you can't just boom, boom, and yeah. and as a result of that, I think. Like anything, it's the nuance in terms of what happens there. Well, we're over time because uh, Evan Silva is always great and uh, always comes with his own questions. We got a host of stuff at the website, baseball injuries, hosing Katana. Uh, obviously, LeBron coverage continues. Uh, jumping on some March Madness stuff, UCLA kid Jalen Clark. So next week, we're going to book. You just got to get the specifics. Yeah. Jeff Goodman. From, there you go. He's big in he's basketball all over he's all yeah. over it yep absolutely that's great march madness stuff and nba stuff mm -hmm. right he's yep. all over basketball uh and we'll have him on as our guest next week but two beasts of the week ones i mean we can make yeah. them co easy i do have ahead. a question on Cantana. um he has the broken uh rib is that something to do maybe with his age is that gonna prevent him from coming back because he is over 34 Sorry, I'm just like <laughs> he's gonna he's a, he, softball, he's the number you, he's dog. one of the it's the Mets. They're gonna. I'm they're, about to go downstairs questions. and see patients. <laughs> a 35 year old would be a young man. Yeah. Okay, this is a rib stress fracture. Yeah, pitching wise is yeah. a different story. But yeah, I'm saying yeah. his ribs gonna heal. It's just yeah. about okay. getting his arm back up and his legs. And, right. and the ramp up. I'm worried about the that. ramp yeah. up. Yeah, so that's what's gonna get him. Is the ramp up. Right. The injury itself is going to heal. It's I was the barbing him with the question, but yeah, yeah. No, I don't know what you, yeah. Chris Sale last year had it similar timing, and he made it back in July. So that'd be 
that'd be that's why we're right saying three time. months yeah. yeah minimum three months i mean this is the this is a long time for sure um but so kobe Sluik, uh first one's an obvious choice uh andrew Voorhees, the UC, usc uh lineman offensive lineman towards acl doing the combine drills on sunday uh still at the branch press on monday it was Got out there with crutches, and I, I don't even remember how many reps he did. I just remember. I think it was 230. I believe. 38. Yeah, 38 of 230 or, two, yeah. or something like that. No, yeah. it's, I started the video being a minute, it's, it's, and I got to like 40 seconds. I was like, I get the, I get the point. It's 235. Oh, oh, 235. Okay, that's the it's, number. Yeah. Well, let's see. Yeah, it's 235. It's 245s on each side right. plus the bar. Right. Okay. So it's 235. That's the standard. And 38 is a good number. Yeah. But you know what I took away from that? I saw the video. At first, I was like, oh, he's a beast. Two, yeah, 30, two things. 38 reps, yeah. Two, two things to take away from that. Number one, they have changed the combine some. It used to be you did the measurements in your bench press the first day. Yeah. They don't do the bench press the first day anymore because some people complain that it, you maxed out and you were tired and it affects your ability to do drills. Right. Uh, you know, even a running back or what is your opinion back. on that? Do you agree with oh, that? Oh yeah. If okay. you, if you do a max effort and you yeah. really are trying to get whatever, can you be, you're trying to set a PR or personal record. Can you be a little bit sore? Sure. Mm -hmm. and, and so they do it at the end. They let you do your, your drills and everything else first. That's why after he tore his ACL, he came back. Right. Kudos to him for, for doing it and trying to like, you don't really need your legs, but still, I mean, the guy came in a big old leg brace. Injuries happen every year at the combines. Every other year, someone blows out a peck. Uh, David Ojabo last year tore his Achilles at a pro day. Mm -hmm. I mean, this stuff unfortunately happens. Uh, hard to prevent it. I mean, I get it. You'd say, well, why are you doing it on turf indoors? I mean, I mean, get into that <laughs> argument, to yeah, again, yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I think he qualifies as a beast of the week. But I will say this: when I saw him, I think that's why I texted you guys. He's a tackle. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you, tackles don't do thirty-eight reps. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They got, people do thir barrel chest, short arms. They they'll do forty and fifty, right? Tackles a big long arm. You don't want someone. He, he shifted over in college due to injury and just having the ability to do that. But yeah, he's a guard at you know at heart. That's where he, he'll get drafted. He'll you know? get drafted guard. He yeah. could be a swing tackle a little right. bit. Yep. A, a guy who moves. But yeah, it's like he doesn't have NFL yeah. arms. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I was like the way he's doing. I was like, no, he's not yeah. a tackle. <laughs> well, guard should be a little better for the ACL recovery. Correct. A little bit better. Yeah. A little bit better. Yes, that's true. Uh, the other one from the week is uh, KJ Osborne. It's coming out that he. Uh, help save someone from a, a car crash in Austin, Texas, just in his free time. So good, I mean, good guy to have at the scene. He's crazy athletic. So, yeah, you know, but the fact that he stopped, right. I think a lot of people would be like, oof, that's not for me. The right. Sirens are coming that the fact that he stopped and he was there. I mean, honestly, it's refreshing to hear about a car accident thing and, and the NFL players on the good side of the story, right? Yeah. Not the, how many times do we hear, like the 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 uh, the Georgia situation, yeah. Yeah. you know, I mean the the badness of that mm -hmm. right started off the combines. Uh, you hear about the negative, so we'll give them Kobe's of the week. Two good stories of good guys and good toughness. Uh, both of them can be Kobe's of the week. All right, guys, overtime here. Thanks for watching. Thanks to Evan Silva. Thanks, you guys. Always fun. And thank you. Next week, we so, you know we're already into basketball and baseball, but. Evan got us pivoted to baseball, and and Jeff Goodman will get us full into basketball. Good timing uh, leading into uh, March Madness, et cetera. Uh, Sports Injury Central podcast. Thanks for watching. Thanks.